Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson, and I'm here as always with my boss and my good buddy, Nick. How you doing, Nick? Hey, hey, I'm here. We uh, just got back from Christmas, and we have a special guest with us this easy, this, easy. E- <laughs> this afternoon, uh, Stu Sheldon. Stu, how are you doing today? Fantastic. It's uh, after listening to the Dialogic Disciple for what feels like years, it's <laughs> fantastic to be here. That's great. It's great to have you here. Um, we uh, have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas and a little bit about how 2020 has shaped up and do a little year-end wrap-up show today. Um, but before we do that, Stu, I'd like to uh, I'd like to give you some space and some time to t- talk about yourself a little bit. Stu, tell us who you are. How long have you been at Northside? What do you do for a living? What's your life about? Oh, boy. That's a lot. Yes. So, like so many other Northside members and Northside worshipers, uh, the Sheldon family came to join the church through sports and recreation. Uh, when the Sheldon boys were little, started at, you know, six and under, bitty soccer, bitty t-ball, all that stuff. How old are they now? College or a little older. So, um, yeah, been a long time. So I'm guessing we probably joined uh, in the mid-2000s. Um, someone could probably go somewhere and look it up and see. Um, we probably have that information probably somewhere. Probably have that yeah. somewhere. I bet it's on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's got profiles on everybody in the church. It's, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> We're tracking it. <laughs> what gets measured gets done. Um, <laughs> there you go. So uh, my, uh, my seminal moment uh, with Northside was at the uh, now defunct Fall Fair. Oh, yeah. Dr. Gill was um, sitting on the dunk tank. Uh-huh. And we had met a couple times, so he knew my name, because he knows everybody's name. He's yep. like, yep. and Santa. Um, <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. And so he started taunting me. Um, and what he didn't know at the time was... Um, I was I played water polo and so my eye hand coordination isn't, yeah, yeah. isn't awful um, and hitting that little target with a tennis ball was pretty easy. But, yeah. So he's taunting me and and I throw the first one purposely high, about a foot, and he taunts me some more and I, I so I throw the second one purposely low about a foot, and then the third one just right down the pipe and he looks at me because there's always that great delay you know clang mm-hmm. and then and the, then the drops. drops yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so after that, I, g- I gave him a, a speedo swimsuit from our water polo team, um, <laughs> which uh, reportedly uh, perished in the in the uh, parsonage fire. Of course it did. Of course yeah. it did. Yeah. So got involved there. Uh, then, like so many others, um, you know, the the kids start doing youth choir. Mm-hmm. We start going to Wednesday night supper. We do. Um, we did a. Um, Couple Bible studies, and then they hook you with yeah. the sports uniform Sunday. Okay, uh, and you hear Doctor Gill preach, and you know, yeah, um, and Doctor Bill's a fantastic preacher himself, so I'm sure that that hook still exists. Yeah, um, and then I just got involved in the church and been doing um, men's Bible study. Used to be called Gill's Guys, now it's the James Gang. <laughs> um, 
and uh, very thankful for James actually because uh, it looked like that Bible study was going to go away. Yeah, and uh, Doctor J stepped in. Well, it's been and, it's been a lot yeah. of fun to teach. You guys are a great group. And I uh, was lay leader for a couple of years. Finished that up. Hey, do you want to talk about your experience as a lay leader at Northside Church? Wait, is it something you would recommend? <laughs> I, I would actually, and, and and here's why. So there's a written job description in uh, the Book of Discipline um, for the Methodist Church as to what the lay leader is, and and it. To be honest with you, I read it twice. Catherine gave me a copy of it, and I couldn't really tell you anything that's in it, except the concept is that you're supposed to serve in his example as a as a leader in practice yeah. for the rest of the congregation. Um, and then there's also some obligations related to the committees and, sure. and things like that. Um, but for me, what was most powerful about it was I did the two sermons on Laity Sunday. Um, uh, Scott Lyon, who was the lay leader before me, he preached them both as well, and then I preached my two. And um, the process of uh, concepting and delivering a sermon is uh, an inspiring gift. There's no other way around that. Did you feel that you feel the the call of the Lord upon you to maybe think about ministry as your second career? Uh, I really uh, no. just to be just be quick about that yeah no but uh it's a highly rewarding experience yeah um i am i've read the bible front you know genesis to revelation maybe five times in the last 10 years i don't i don't i haven't mastered the scripture and i don't mean mastery as i know it cold just i've read it i understand the concepts but I don't think I have the ability to learn enough about the scripture at this point in my life. Yeah. Well, you'd to, be surprised. To feel comfortable. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Anyway. I do remember those sermons, though. Nick, you remember you remember mm-hmm. Stu's sermons. I, I think that they were they were very well done. The content was great. I remember the uh, pig. I was about to metaphor. say, yeah, what's yeah. coming to me is be the bacon. Be the, right. be the bacon, right. yeah. 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 And so, I thought that stuck with me ever since you preached sermons, it. Yeah, too. absolutely. Well, absolutely. Um, thank you. Uh, I will tell you that it was each one I spent um, time over multiple months. Um, I worked with James. James was a fantastic guide, a mentor on that. Uh, Dr. Bill as well and and some other folks on the staff. Anyone I asked was more than happy to to look at what I had drafted up. And um, the preparation process was really immersive and really uh, I think took my connection to a whole nother level. Absolutely. That's yeah. great. That's great that you enjoy the experience. I can't imagine, I like preaching myself, but the idea of, of sitting down to prepare a sermon like that every single week, yeah, uh, it would be, would be intense. Nick, have you ever thought about being a preacher? Have you ever given a, a, a sermon? Have you ever preached a sermon or anything like that? I've not done it as an adult, Okay. but as a student, I did on a couple of occasions at my home church and and my grandparents' church, um, that little country church. Were they trying to push you in the direction of? I mean, it wouldn't have hurt. They got close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, like so many Methodists, I was raised a congregationalist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but not the not the hardline. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had an organ, we had a choir. Right. Um, right. All that. Yeah. Uh, but um, where did you yeah. grow up, Stu? Where what? part of the world did you come from well the great state of kansas of course oh, yeah you're yeah. a jayhawk i forgot yeah, absolutely. about that one better than oklahoma uh-huh. James. right yeah. right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i uh, grew up in wichita kansas primarily yeah. okay yeah. i me and my buddy uh ryan when i was probably 16 or 17 years old we got into this board game called axis and allies oh yeah and i lived in ponca city oklahoma which yes. is about an hour south of wichita yep and um, we tried to find this game, and we could not find it. But there's a game shop in Wichita on in the ni- east, 1996 yep. or so. I yep. drove. We took off uh, an afternoon, drove all the way up there, just to buy this this dumb board game. It was on the east side of town, off of Eastboro Drive. Uh, yeah, in, Eastboro in a Drive. little strip mall. Uh-huh. It was on the east side of the yeah. street. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Nick, hang on to your hat. <laughs> Well, actually, James is the one wearing the hat right now. But um, yeah, in middle school and high school, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a pir- Sid Meier. Any Sid Meier game. Oh, yeah, the Civilization but, games? Yeah. Oh, man, I love and those games. He had a Pirates game. Um, and then um, uh, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, any kind of turn. I, I have... Ri- Nick, Nick has. <laughs> We're going down the nerd, the nerd uh, pathway right now. Well, Nick, Nick has the church membership on his phone. I have the Risk game on my phone. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons in high school. Yeah, my mom was very upset. Oh, about no it. doubt. Well, no doubt. I stopped in middle school. Well, but, we we yeah. grew up in that that time frame where it was like that's the devil coming for you, right? The Dungeons and Dragons. We played the. Um, the Star Wars version of it. So we were all Star Wars characters. Oh. And I was always the game master, so I never even really got to play other than to create the story. And uh, it's probably where where I got any that's, kind of storytelling ability I have. That's got to be the toughest thing about starting up a game now is who wants to be the dungeon master? Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, that's a special personality to want to take that on. Yeah. So... We get some bust off some dice right now. You gonna go ahead? Thirty thirty two sided, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I want to start today by talking a little bit about how Christmas went. So I had a pretty low key Christmas. Anything dramatic or crazy or wonderful or terrible happened to you guys during Christmas season? Nick, you you have Nick, you have like fourteen kids at yeah. home. Like, how did that turn out? And two Christmas trees. So <laughs> you go. Um, you know, this Christmas it just felt like it went by so fast. Like, it, it all, these years where Thanksgiving is that very last weekend in November where you don't get a few days really after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like it compresses um, the Christmas season as we interpret it. We're now technically um, we're still in the Christmas season. That's right. What is today? The fifth, days. fifth or sixth? That day is why I said as we interpret it. Well, not as you interpret it. <laughs> um, so it just felt like it went by so fast. Yeah. And we got the decorations up, and we got the wreaths on the windows, and we got the Christmas trees going, and you know, everything got done. But it felt like it was just this mad dash to the weekend before Christmas. Yeah. And then the two weekends on either end of Christmas were just that whole time period was crazy in trying to see people. And of course, we're a little busy here at the church. Um, getting through that whole process, man, it was just nuts. Yeah. Um, so it's been nice over the last couple of days to do nothing. Right. Just kind of sit um, back, mm-hmm. relax, take a little vacation. Yeah. 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 So, um, 
that's been life the last couple of days. That's good. Is uh, just doing nothing. Well, I know you guys were away from your families on Christmas Eve to be here at church, but um, all five of us really appreciate you guys and the rest of the staff, um, lay staff and clergy. I think it for, went really well this year. I, I think yeah. it was pretty smooth. Um, and I know a lot of people were just so happy to be back in the building, yeah. you know. I've been coming most every Sunday um, to worship in person. That's great. Um, look, some people aren't comfortable with it, and that's mm-hmm. great. And yeah. it's available online, live, yeah. live stream or, or taped video on demand. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it was so great to be in the church on Christmas Eve. But I was singing behind my mask. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you're not. You weren't the only one. But you know, I was singing out in the hallway. I don't know if anyone could hear me or not. But. <laughs> I thought someone was running over a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. When those when the Christmas carols fire up, it takes a lot of self control. Just to keep like. It just happens. It just comes. I don't mean yeah, to. That's it what it's supposed happens. to do, though. That's that's yeah. how we're designed. We're designed to sing and you know sing praises to God. And Christmas carols are the, the ultimate. So uh, well, I think it's hard to blame you. And well. Christmas Eve was, it was a busy day. It was a little less hectic than you know Christmas Eve's past when we have four thousand people on campus. Yeah. Um, but it was it was cool to see everybody. I mean, that's as many people as we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Coming through the building in a day. Yeah. At, as last christmas yeah um so it was neat to see people Stu, Stu, which service did you go to we went to the six the six o'clock traditional yes okay keep in mind i'm still processing um the fact that we don't have the 11 p.m service anymore right right so i the church i grew up in um we had an 11 p.m service and you came out and you know in kansas in late december for sure it's cold yeah and usually there's snow on the ground so you would come out of the sanctuary with your candle still lit because yeah. it was back in the crazy days. Yeah. A real candle still lit singing Stilens Nacht. Mm-hmm. Right? We sang Silent Night in German. Oh, wow. Um, and so you're walking out at midnight and it's crystal clear. And the church sanctuary stairs had this great view to the west. That's amazing. And so you could see the stars. And, and it's uh, Kansas, so it's just flat. Flat. Oh, you can see I mean, all the Colorado. As, not as flat as Oklahoma, <laughs> but um, yeah, we could go all day, folks. Yeah, we could. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had the same thing. Like when I was growing up, we always go, went to the um, like the 11 o'clock. We had 11 o'clock service uh, with, the, with the candles, with the real candles, until I was about 14 years old when the church burned down one Christmas Eve because somebody didn't put no. out the candle appropriately. Seriously? We woke up on Christmas morning unwrapping our gifts, and then we got the call that the church had burned to the ground. And so um, after that, we stayed home and watched It's a Wonderful Life from about the age of 15 on, uh, and uh, that's what we did. So it snowed on christmas eve it snowed it, it blizzard for a minute at yeah. like yeah. three thirty, four o'clock even yeah. here in buckhead you yeah. saw yeah. flurries it was a pretty that was trippy that was pretty cool yeah uh you know i mean we were within a couple hours of a legit white christmas we were we really were because mm-hmm. of that all the rain we got christmas eve morning yeah then the temperature dropped. if it had yeah if it had hit a little bit later we would have gotten we would have got some some accumulation as they say if ifs and buts were candy and nuts I'm dreaming of a white christmas <laughs> so 2020 you know as we as we come to the end of um, this year and uh, it's been quite a whopper of a year uh, for a lot of people and uh, really for everybody. 
um, I thought it might be good to, to take a look back. But I, what I want to do is try to focus on some of the good things that have happened uh, in 2020. Some of the things that we can remember with a little bit of joy or at least some kind of contentment and not just with like dread and regret and pain and suffering. Uh, as we look back on 2020, what are some of the highlights for you guys, whether it's in your personal lives or it's in uh, the life of our church or our, our nation or the world or anywhere? In the spring, we had three boys in college, three kids in college, and you think, okay, they're going to graduate college and we'll never see them again, right? Yeah. So we're empty nesters, and and then, you know, the lockdown happens, and suddenly we have all three boys in the house for two months. Yeah. Um, and I thought that we were probably done forever with family meals. Yeah. And we got two months of dinner every night yeah um, and you know we wanted to gouge each other's eyes out at certain points but uh, that was a real blessing yeah two two months that i totally hadn't counted on two months of bonus family meals yeah i um i've heard that from a lot of different people a lot of people whose kids had to come back whether they were in college or even just uh you know just young professionals had mm -hmm. to move back home and were home for a while and having that uh, ability where it's not just that you're you're living at home like you kind of have to be at home <laughs> And, and eating with your family. Um, so that, that aspect of quarantine, I think a lot of people um, had that response. Um, I could second that because, you know, my kids are all still at home. They're a little bit younger. But um, to see them actually do stuff with each other for that couple months where we didn't have any friends come over and they didn't go visit anybody and, like, it was every, – everyone was just home. And so – Having four kids, it was good to see them actually enjoy doing stuff with each other. Bonding with each other. Yeah, yeah. Have you had a conversation with them about that at all? Like how they've how they've responded to this, uh, the pandemic, or how they've bonded with their siblings? Or I mean, has that conversation come up in your home at all? I think in that phase, we made that observation, and they did talk about, particularly with my oldest, um, because she is one who really wants to go and do stuff. She does not want to just be at home, you know. Yeah, got one I, of those. I think for um, for for Drake, the second one, he was cool with being home anyway. Yeah, like <laughs> he doesn't need to go anywhere. He just needs a game controller um, and a TV. I think. Yeah, and he's good to go. And Lily, you know, usually she needs to be somewhere. And yeah. So we did we did make that observation, and she's it was surprising for her to admit, you know, yeah. she was good with it. I mean, I, I could admit. I didn't know how okay with it I was going to be. Yeah. Um, I liked being, I liked being at home too. I think, you know, it, it was difficult for me at first um, when we couldn't come into the office, right? When we were working from home yeah. totally that I got a little, I got a little claustrophobic um, during that time period. But after, you know, after you get to come to work and see, you know, all my friends are here anyway. So it's not like, I'm like no, that's you what, know, I don't so. have any friends outside of here either. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, Newsflash, uh, James has friends apparently. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> well, um, you know, for extroverts, yeah. right? So extroverts means you get your energy from other people. Right. It right. doesn't mean introverts are uh, quiet and shy. It yeah. just means they get their energy from inside themselves. Yeah. Right. So for an extrovert like me, uh, I was crawling out of my skin yeah. during a lockdown. Yeah, you need other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I had the same, kind of the same feelings going on. But that's all negative stuff. We're talking about the positive well, stuff. Well, I got a positive for you. Please, you please, yes. All right. This summer, and I could, uh, I should have researched the date, but I don't remember it. Uh, ESPN.com published an article that said they were predicting the Super Bowl <laughs> would be the Dallas Cowboys, a.k.a. James's <laughs> favorite 
professional football team. How about some Cowboys? Team. Versus my Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, which, by the way, is still possible. Well, so here's the note I was just showing Nick. Um, I looked this morning. Uh, six and nine is pretty sucky. Um, <laughs> but, but, we, but we've won like six of the last seven. And you are tied mm-hmm. for first place in your division. It's crazy. So it's not <laughs> Probable, but it is still possible. It is still possible, right? And you got to yes. believe. You, you have faith, right? You must believe. You must believe. The team's terrible. So yeah. I don't keep up with the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys are six and nine, and they're first in their division. They're tied for first. Tied for first. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The Eagles, I think, are at the bottom at four, four and ten, maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we got a chance. Okay. You're telling me there's a chance. You know, the, one of the positive things for me was my, my daughter um, is five, and she started kindergarten, which is something I've been looking forward to since the day she was born, uh, her starting school. Kindergarten? In kindergarten, yeah. Really? Just just, wow. yeah, just okay. getting started, yeah. Yeah. And um, it, obviously, she's doing it over Zoom and or, or online, and it hasn't been fantastic in that way. She's got a little bit of FaceTime, a little bit of in-person time, um, so it, that has not been the best but watching her learn has been one of the coolest things that's happened this year she's learned how to read and and just watching her get those kinds of moments where she where it clicks where she figures it out for herself and that aha moment you know that has been probably the the highlight of 2020 for me on a personal level um so i mean that's that's a that's a big one for me i don't know if you guys can remember when your kids started kindergarten or not what that felt like or if that was a big deal for you guys, but it was it was for me, and I'm I'm looking forward to being able to take her to school, you know, and drop her off at school and pick her up in the afternoon or whatever, um, at some point in the future, hopefully not too far from now. But that's what I remember uh, the most about uh, our oldest son starting kindergarten. I I don't remember the other two at all, but uh, the oldest one we just lived three blocks from the school. Yeah, and there was uh, not a secret walkway, but there was a sidewalk between two houses yeah. where you could cut through from the street we lived on to the street where the school was. So it was not a secret passage, but it was just yeah. a fun way to walk to school. Yeah. And, you know, Will Will had it, you know, he's 6'3 now, but he had his little <laughs> backpack and, you know, we would hold hands. And, Back when and, he was 3'6", right? 6'3". Yeah. Six, right. six, three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I closed out 2020 with... Uh, with something nowhere near as cool as that. But um, you mentioned Zoom. Uh, you know, raise your hand if you're not sick of Zoom. Yeah, right. right? right. By the way, for those of you watching at home, no one Nobody. put their hand up. <laughs> um, but um, great Yiddish word just came out uh, in the last month or so. Oiskazumt. Whoa. Oiskazumt. Now, I'm not super good at Yiddish, but um, that's... You want to break that down for us? Uh, well, I'll unpack it far enough to say that it means I am fatigued of Zoom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to learn this word. I am flat out oistgezumpt. Oistgezumpt. Yeah. All right. That's a good word. Yeah, just kind of think... That's oist, good. Oysters ate Zoom. Oistgezumpt. <laughs> oistgezumpt. <laughs> that's great. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, and my, absolutely true. My Hebrew friends are cringing right now with with my pronunciation <laughs> and and my interpretation. But there we go. We um 
I will say that I, another positive that I would I would list for uh, 2020 though is Northside Church and and our ability to have more of an online presence, yep, right, and reach sure. out to people who even before the pandemic weren't able to make it to you know our church for one reason or another. We've gotten several people who have showed up to our Bible studies and our small groups and other events at the church who were never a part of Northside before, mm-hmm. but simply got pulled in either by a friend or by some kind of, uh, you know, uh, a, you know, a newsletter or something that they saw. And so that's been really cool to see, um, see us kind of reach out into that, that area of human existence that we, we really didn't have much of a presence. You know, we didn't have the presence that we do now. I think we've gotten really comfortable with that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Having put, definitely had to make an investment in what we were doing um, to improve the experience online, whether that was for worship or for Bible study or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever we were doing. Yeah. Um, and coming up with some really clever ways to do things. Um, I mean, there's definitely some things we learned that are sticking with us and will continue. Oh, absolutely. Um, as a result of 2020. I will say it is, I think it's been neat for, you know, not just Northside, but just kind of the whole world in general to learn what you can do now with the technology the way it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say a positive 2020 has been traffic. <laughs> That's true. For sure. Um, so many people learned what they could do from home. Yeah. Um, and man, you know, that, that commute was getting longer and longer and longer. And well, it's amazing how, 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 uh, it, how much it thins out when you just take the school buses off the streets. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking like when I, when I used to live in Marietta and I was commuting in here and it took me an hour, an hour and a half to get in sometimes because of school buses, I remember thinking I rode the school bus when I was a kid. And if I had known how late and frustrated <laughs> I was making people, I would feel a lot worse about myself as a child <laughs> riding the school bus because it was a pain, but yeah. Traffic has definitely been one of those more uh, positive silver lining kind of things. I'll call it a pro. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder how um, how much of of that kind of stuff, like people working from home, I think is is going to be more. It's, it's going to happen more even after this is over. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Northside Church learning uh, how to do some things differently and, and do things online and, and um, you know, the podcasts and, uh, and everything else that we're doing. Um, I wonder how much of that's going to stick with us, how much of that we're going to put our shoulder into to develop even further. Um, do you have a feeling on that? Oh, I think it's going to keep coming. I mean, I, I hope some of you notice that we have been more active on social media, too. Mm. You know, pushing things like the podcast, like events coming up through Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I think we're only going to see that build more because that is an avenue, you know, to network with the community. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it's an avenue to reach new people, but. Stu is a layperson here at Northside. How, how have you, how have you reacted to or responded to some of the stuff that we've been doing differently, um, since the pandemic started as far as our online presence and stuff like that? Have you, have you noticed it? Have you taking part in it have you seen other people do do anything sure. with it yeah yeah single word answer yes okay thank uh, you and moving yeah, on, moving right on. Uh, so you know <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast right. <laughs> my my look at the time <laughs> music bumper um so you know during the lockdown in particular that you know the darkest of weeks mm-hmm. um as they shall be known um <laughs> it, it, 
it was one of the only connection points other than um, work phone calls. Yeah. You know, uh, I had a buddy of mine who works in New York City and he wasn't commuting anymore. He he rode the train every morning with uh, patient zero. Um, oh, wow. Now, he never he never tested my buddy, never tested positive. But like that's he, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so what he did was um, instead of commuting every morning and every afternoon, he would take 15 minutes in the morning and call somebody. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So um, that that was a great idea. Uh, but but, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was a lifeline. Yeah. And and um, my, my mom in, back home in Kansas, she long story, but she kind of got trapped in an assisted living facility because of. Uh, oh, wow. surgery she had had and then yeah. COVID hit. Yeah. And so there were weeks where she wasn't even really allowed to have the door of her room open. Wow. Um, but she would watch Northside church. Um, that's cool. Uh, oh, wow. that's great. Through Facebook. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and, um, from my, uh, trips to the Holy land, some friends of mine in Israel, some Christian friends of mine in Israel were watching, um, Northside church. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, definitely, um, definitely helped, you know, amplify the voice. Um, it's not easy to do, um, from, from a professional perspective, I'm a marketing and brand building guy and people think social media is this amazing vehicle and it's really toxic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the church has to be very planful and, um, People need to spend as little time in social media as they possibly can. Is yeah. the, is the headline? Yeah, because um, it really makes you depressed. Yeah. Um, but um, if you're going for a destination, right? You're like, oh, right. it's Sunday morning. Right. Whether I'm on Facebook or Instagram, or whatever, right. it's time to connect with Northside. That's different. If you're not, if you're not just going to to surf it or to just yes. scroll down a screen, you're Correct. going there for a specific purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to you know, watch the, it, it was interesting when, when I was watching, when I watched the worship services live, um, like especially the first couple of weeks, I would actually stand up. Like when, uh-huh. when someone said, please stand or you, as you are able, I, I'd stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I was watching the 8am. Yeah. So people in the house might still be asleep. Yeah. So I would maybe chant uh-huh. more to myself than, oh, that's cool. than sing out loud. That's but, a great idea though. Um, but then I found when I watch it kind of tape delayed and stand as you were a boy, what do you say? Um, right, right, yeah. <laughs> if it's Reverend Catherine, of course I listened and did exactly what she said. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> she knows. Yeah, she does. Like Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think there's something to that though. Stu, you were talking about um, when you watched it live, you were more inclined to kind of participate and when you watched it later on, you were less inclined, maybe more distracted. You knew that you could always pause it, maybe go back or whatever. You know, something in the back of your head tells you that you're not, you're not there. But it, when you're there in the moment, even if you're in your living room, you know, there's a connection that happens to the power of the Holy Spirit. I think in, in participating live. So I, I would I would encourage anyone who um, wants to participate in worship on Sunday mornings, even if you're doing it online, to do it. You know, at the time that it actually is happening live. Yeah, I think that's a big. I think that's a big deal. It's also big because it helps you stay in your routine. When you watch something on TV, the way TV works, and I don't mean like mind rays into your brain, 
but the way your brain engages with the television screen versus a three-dimensional world, yeah. it suppresses the connectivity of your, the, the synaptic activity right? of your brain, yes, um, versus sitting in a room and talking with people or sitting in a sanctuary and listening. Does that, is that true over like a screen if you're doing a Zoom thing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, and another data point, when you, when you read something on a screen, like if you're reading the, like I grabbed a copy of your advent book, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You can read it as a PDF, but there have been studies that have been done that reading something on a screen, your retention and your comprehension is not as great. 80% yeah. loss. Yeah. It's you, you retain and understand at a 20% level That's compared insane. to the tactile feel yeah. of the paper so the more you can do to be in the moment and mm -hmm. be present yeah um with of course the apogee being being in the sanctuary yeah for a service that's obviously the best yeah but you you kind of got to understand the environment that you're forced to be in you know you got you got to uh you got to sprout where you're planted yeah um but you just got to understand that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I hate reading things on screens. Like I can't do it. It's I've awful. always had to, even when articles, I had to print them out. Yeah. So, like, I just, well, see that that's interesting. Uh, Elizabeth Shaby, the director of creative services has shared a similar data point about um, the retention of data and what mm -hmm. it's printed on. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Cause you know, at Northside, I think we do a pretty good blend of printed material and digital material and, um, we've tried to make more things available online, particularly given the pandemic and people staying home um, versus dropping stuff in the mail or uh, have, having handouts around the building. Mm. And that is something that um, she talks about the quality, like the quality of the way something is done, touch mm -hmm. and feel of it. You know, the, the sensation right. you get from it. Yeah. It helps I, you retain. You know, yeah. and I struggle with that because there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but if we did it digitally, we would save so much money printing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It would go right in the trash can, <laughs> like the trash can of our minds. If 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 money were no object, and right, Nick just got a twitch. For, again, for those of you watching from home, <laughs> Nick's doubled over in pain. Uh, but it, so make sure make sure you fill out your pledge cards, folks. Yeah, the the Advent book is amazing. No, really, that would be great. <laughs> and send it in. Yeah, uh, yeah, two step process. Um, <laughs> But oh, which reminds me, I haven't done my stewardship. Um, <laughs> dang it. You can also fill it out online at northsideumc.org slash commitment. Yes. There you go. But the, the Advent book, like I read it online. It's amazing. Right, James? Amazing. As, as your work you. always is, yeah, but amazing. But imagine the impact of mailing one of those to every single member household of the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that would cost... A lot. A lot. What are there, roughly 1,200 families? Giving, giving units, Nick? Nick Give, doesn't giving know, units? Nick doesn't know what families That's what means. we call it. Yeah, yeah. Giving, giving units. units. <laughs> Speaking my language now. <laughs> but, but you figure 10, yeah, you right. figure no, 10 bucks, saying, right? Yeah, Book plus yeah, postage, yeah. 10 mm -hmm. bucks? Yeah. Okay, now you're talking math, Nick. Is that $12,000? Mm -hmm. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of money. That's real money, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so it's cost prohibitive. Sure. Um, but I understand what you're saying, though, with, the, yeah. with getting it out there like that. Yeah. Um, or anything, really. All right, let's flip that. Sending 1,200 copies of the devotional to the congregation. Yeah. Versus 
1,200 copies of the devotional to people who live around the church. We do such cool stuff, and we only ever push it to the congregation. And I wonder, what are we missing an opportunity to put some of this cool stuff out there to the community? And maybe mailing everybody a devotional is not the way to go. No, yeah, but, so I'm wondering if, 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 I mean, mailing things out to people is maybe not the way to go, but what's another way that we could get stuff out into the community? Well, are, there's got to be other avenues. You're in marketing. Billboards. Billboards? No, but to, to Nick's point, so direct mail is a lost art. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I've gotten so much direct mail. Oh, my gosh. Political All candidates. The yeah. My kids are cracking me up with this. Flint will look at the TV. His mail comes and he goes, it's John Ossoff. <laughs> he knows who John Ossoff is because he's been seen <laughs> over and over and over again. In Georgia, estimates are that there are about 4% of the voters are undecided. Is that right? In any given year. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's English major math. Let's call it 5%. Okay. Right? Good. I like that. Yeah. I can work on that number. So... If we have 10 million people in Georgia, about 7 million, uh, Nick, start doing some math, 7 million of them are registered or eligible to vote. Eligible to vote. Whether they're registered or not, different story. But um, so what's 5% of 7 million? What's what's four people? 350,000. Okay. So... (laughs) It's, so my number of four was wrong. <laughs> not not by much, though. <laughs> so it's been estimated that over half a billion, with a B, half a billion dollars will have been spent on the two Senate races in Georgia yeah. between the primaries and the runoff. That's insane. So take half a billion dollars, divide it over 10 million, much less 350,000, 350, right? You're talking about at three hundred fifty thousand. You're talking about a hundred dollars a person or a thousand dollars a person. Which one? I don't. I, that's not a trick question. I don't know. But um, imagine five hundred million dollars. Five hundred million dollars divided by ten million people. That's fifty dollars a person. Yeah. But, but if you go with just the to, to just the, the five percent that are undecided, because everybody yeah. else has already made up their mind. Right. But here's my point. Regardless of whether you are, uh, you know, to use the labels, progressive or conservative in your beliefs, regardless of whether you, in a two-party system, vote Democrat or Republican, just think for a minute about how we could deliver fundamental change to the people of Georgia. For $500 million? If we had $50 a person or $100 a person. Like, that's, it's crazy how much money we're willing, and we're way off Christmas topic. No, but, yeah. um, <laughs> this is what's happening. That's the fun yeah, of the podcast. That's the fun of the podcast. We go everywhere. Uh, you, the you podcast need... has been intended the whole time just to be a conversation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so just imagine what would happen if people cared as much about each other as they do political power. Well, and, we've been asking that question since day one, haven't we? You know, what, what if you mailed out the devotional book with a stewardship card in it yeah. to all of the members. And what if you had uh, a combination of a mailing list and maybe some drop-offs Yeah, um, uh, where you had a different card, you know, a, a hey, come, come meet us where you are um, card. Yeah. Elizabeth could make it both beautiful and effective yeah. um, and her team. 
Um, but to invite people to worship with us, whether it's in person or online, whether it's Sunday morning or a a small group or whatever. Sure. Um, But like part of that comes up for me because there, usually we think of inviting people to things that are already huge, Mm -hmm. like inviting your neighbors to Christmas or Easter, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. I literally have nowhere for them to go when they get here. Right. That's not really going to be a good, exp- quite honestly, that's not going to be a good experience right. for the first time no. visitor. No, right. It's, right. it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, I yeah. mean, yeah, that, I think thinking about the ways in which we can get Northside out into the world um, is helpful. I, I tend to think about evangelism and discipleship a little differently. So I, I like to say that evangelism is not really my department. I, I, I deal with people once they're in the building, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my job. Uh, and, and my call, but, um, but it's all part of the same thing mm-hmm. and, uh, and getting that message out there and getting just who we are out there and being proud of who we are when we, when we were out there, you know, like we want to have a name in the community that reflects Jesus Christ. And we want people to be drawn to that. Right. Um, I think our service projects that we do and some of our stuff like that does that a lot. Nick's laughing at me now. No, but, I'm cracking up because now I'm thinking about like, I got Stu sitting here and I'm thinking about focus grouping the church. Like, <laughs> um, you know, we've been, we've we done did that, that as we've part of the strategic before. planning yeah. process. Yeah. So let's stick riff on that theme for a second. So one of the key points we heard from that uh, survey that we did as part of the strategic planning process was, um, hey, we needed a better hangout space for the youth. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw it for it's the amazing, first time. Right? Yeah. And yeah. and look, for for all of you out there who haven't been in the building um or haven't been on the third floor to the to the youth uh student ministry space, come to the church if if for nothing else than yeah. to walk up there and see it. It's it's going to uh, be so great. Yeah. Especially when we get kids back in the building. Um and you know, with Sutton Middle School right mm-hmm. across the street, um which is gonna open at some point, mm-hmm. maybe. Um you know, it's it's a great connection point, but um, how can we use this building, this physical asset, the the capital part of the church? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How can we use it to engage the community yeah. more? Yeah. Um, and it's as simple as, you know, a scouting troop that uses it or an outside group wants to use Fellowship Hall to have a awards banquet or something like that. Sure. And you know, you might have 500 people come in and hundreds of them might really not care that they're in a church at all. Mm-hmm. And one or two of them are going to see something. Yeah. Probably beautifully done by Elizabeth and her team um, <laughs> that will the catch in- hook them inspire them, right? them yeah. to, well, to check it out. And that has been another conscious move, I think, in the building is to do more around the building that shows who we are. Yeah. Um, we installed a couple new things that were really cool right before pandemic hit. <laughs> and some of it got finished during pandemic and now has to be fixed. But, um, but yeah, to get, get people in the building on site and to see who we are and hopefully that entices them to want to participate. Absolutely. Learn Absolutely. more. But and, to, to your, to your specific question, James, of, uh, how do we go out in the community better? Um, from a marketing perspective, from a brand building perspective, the answer is word of mouth. Yeah. It's the most effective That's exactly right. yeah. way 
to, in, I'm talking now, I'm using marketing language, sure. right? It's the most effective way to drive increased awareness, higher understanding and adoption. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the evangelism of our members and whether they're officially members or, you know, whether they're in Nick's phone or not. Right. Um, right. But, you know, if, if, uh, I might've said that in one of my sermons, something about <laughs> volunteer hours or something yeah. like that. And yeah. like if, if every family in the church got one new family to come on a non, non high holy <laughs> Sunday, right. right. We'd be sold out then too. Yeah, absolutely. Cause yeah. No, I think that's right. Cause we'd have over 2000 families where we normally mm -hmm. have a thousand families. Yeah. Um, I think it's just one word that's of mouth. One. I think you, you mentioned word of mouth. I think that's, I mean, that's how this whole project of Christianity started, right? right. Word of mouth. Right. Uh, there's something, and there's something about, there's something innately fundamental about us as being created in the image of God that using our words out of our actual mouths mm -hmm. is important, mm -hmm. right? The, what we say and what we do. Um, but the, the actual talking to and connection that we make with other human beings, um, which is again another reason why the pandemic's been so hard um, on us and and on our families and on it's it's just one of those things that that it, it, we don't I don't know that we think about as much. But word of mouth is the best way, is what you're telling me as a marketing uh, genius. Genus phylum species. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> it's a biology joke, Nick. <laughs> Um, I wonder if you, if we have a, a couple minutes here to talk just a little bit about um, what's happening in the devotional through these, um, you know, what, what, what's been happening in the devotional. We just want to touch base on this, but uh, what's been happening and what's, uh, what's been some of the highlights that have jumped out to you as we look at the 12 days of Christmas. It's clear that you are purposefully, I think you are purposely walking us through a very linear process of uh, reading, reflection, and advancement through the calendar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the f questions that you ask, not every day. They're they're not questions to answer every day, but right. um, you know you're you're asking very simple, but very pointed questions. Um, and I got to read you one real fast. I wrote it down. Um, on December fifteenth, you asked. You were talking about God's plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the question you asked was, have you ever laughed at God's plan? To, to which I, I um, to which I said to myself, never knowingly. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Oh, God, you're so silly with you and your plans. Yeah. Um, but there have been some times in life where I've really enjoyed God's plan. OK. Um, and have probably laughed with pleasure. But there have been some times where I have really not enjoyed God's plan yeah. for me, mm -hmm. um, you know, including some very specific things in the year of our Lord 2020 yeah. um, that have been very painful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have to, you have to keep that big picture in mind. Absolutely. And, no, I think that's right. Uh, and, and um, you know, the question about uh, have we ever laughed at God's plan is really, it's coming out of, out of that, you know, out of the text out of, out of Genesis where, both Sarah and Abraham laugh at God for, mm -hmm. and it's not because they don't believe or anything like that necessarily, but it's because the, the absurdity of what right. God has promised them, 
Um, and I think it's, I think it's, I, I would say that it's helpful for us to be able to have a sense of humor about God's plans sometimes. And I don't mean that again, I don't mean that in an irreverent yeah, way. Right. Yeah. I mean that in a, like God is, has promised us some pretty absurd stuff. And, uh, and the idea that we are going to be capable of achieving any of that stuff is laughable. Um, so really at, at some point it's not laughing at God. It's really laughing at our ability to follow through with God. And that's something that we're going to get into during the Lent devotional. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I appreciate that you, that you can see the, the, the movement there, the arc of the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. That, I think that that question stems from a place of Sarah and Abram having advanced knowledge of the plan. And anytime I've had an opportunity to laugh, it's been after the fact. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. that plan has happened and then you kind of stand back and go, Oh, that's why Yeah. all those dots connected. Yeah, and that's probably for me too. I think uh, it's always been a retrospective laugh, right? Like, yeah. I was like, I can't believe that actually happened, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. When like when the Dallas Cowboys make it to Super Bowl to play Kansas City, jeez, I will be laughing at God's plan. Laughing at God's plan. Well, they are God's football team, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, that's what my grandmother used to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> So during the 12 days of Christmas, one of the things that we've, we've been trying to focus on in the devotional is um, really stretching out the season of Christmas and, and letting people know that, you know, first of all, Christmas is 12 days. It's not just one day. It's 12 days. Uh, and that it's important to be able to take the time, especially this year and in, in our busy lives anyway, in any year, uh, to take the time to really appreciate what Jesus Christ coming, it means for us, what what God as a baby means for us, Right. Um, I don't know if you guys have had the time or, or the inclination to do any reflection on that or, or to really experience Christmas as something that's longer than just the Christmas day that we, that we usually and typically participate in. Have you been still, I, I still listen to Christmas music. I still got I my am, Christmas tree up. Yeah. I'm intentionally still listening to Christmas music to, I, I want this Christmas to, I, I need for Christmas to be longer than just that day. Yeah. Do you need and a little Christmas? I do need a little Christmas. A little more Christmas. That would yeah. preach, don't little, you think? <laughs> I believe sounds so. Like it yeah, I need it. I need it to be longer. And I, I watched as people on Facebook slowly started posting up, well, we've got everything down. And I'm like, yeah. why are you cheating yourself right. out of Christmas? Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. Two, two quick things. Um, one, I started listening to this podcast just because I wanted to honor you guys for putting the effort in we appreciate it but it literally no exaggeration every episode speaks to me right so that's I keep, great i keep listening oh, right? wow that's good um see we are reaching people nick i can't believe it it's that's just amazing. stew but <laughs> <laughs> that's literally why stew's here today yeah. God's only playing. God's i'm playing. laughing <laughs> uh well where was i going with that um, but uh when you guys were talking about christmas yeah like well first of all if you listen to the podcast segment, uh, the session with Sue Allen on grief, yeah, right, holy cow, yeah, 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 um, yeah. But every session has been has been interesting um, for different reasons. Okay, so um, you guys, you were talking about um, the twelve days of Christmas, and we all know the song, sure, right? But to us, it's a countdown song, right? That's what I thought when I was a kid. We talked about that before, but yeah, where day zero is the twenty fifth. No, so that kind of uh, here here I am older than 21 by a certain amount <laughs> and um that had never registered yeah the so that's a, that's the 
the strategic comment. The the tactical comment is the story you guys told about moving the starting the yeah. wise men mm-hmm. at the other end of the house, basically, yeah. and moving them forward. That's fascinating to me. I haven't done it. Yeah. Um, my excuse is the kids are too old. Right? Sure. But well, that's not I, just for the kids. I under I, I know I know, <laughs> but um, my thought was if we put as much energy and thought into our crash experience mm-hmm. in the house as we do with the elf on the shelf oh man there and, you go and the nightly hijinks yeah like, yeah there you go that's why our elf don't do nothing <laughs> no i think you're right about that though i mean there's something to uh physically enacting our our rituals and our beliefs you know just you know going down to take communion is something that we do right and right. that physical act is is bigger it makes a bigger impact on us than we realize and this little you know little wise man thing mm-hmm. Uh, while it seems ridiculous for me has has really transformed the way I think of Christmas and and the 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 event of the wise men that which is coming up mm-hmm. still has not happened yet right that ha- doesn't happen till next Wednesday literally a week from today is Epiphany and that's the day we recognize when the Magi the wise men show up and Jesus is recognized by the Gentiles the Gentiles mm-hmm. as being also the king well I think it would be a neat North Side tradition if for Christmas 2021. Um, get the kids to bring home a flyer from Sunday school in November or, you know, beginning of December. Yeah. Talking about how we want to do the um, the journey of the wise men in our house. That's interesting. Yeah. That's so think idea. about it as like uh, at a Hanukkah celebration, right? Sure. Every night they light another candle for mm-hmm. the Maccabee children. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so um, think about it like every night in the house before the kids go to bed, they moved the wise men. That's a great idea. Closer. That is a great idea. See, I want to now, I want to go out to Northside Drive and put the wise men out by that children's parking lot oh, and yeah. just slowly move them down the road. We should do that next year. Well, and that's social media content every day. Every oh. single day. Look how close they the got. The wise men are coming. <laughs> I want to say, as far as the devotional goes, I still I love the setup of the New Testament, the Old Testament. Yeah. And and getting that comparison as we move into this 12 days of Christmas and you start to compare um, the birth of Isaac and the birth of Christ. Yeah. And Old Testament scripture, New Testament scripture. And we start to look at being circumcised in our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff, man. That's, um, it, you know, the 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 um the way that it worked out this year was really interesting because it the eighth day of christmas is the eighth day you know that's that's the day that circumcision happens and it's also new year's day uh just by secular calendar so there's like this idea it's also of, the day the eight maids are milking right that's exactly right the eight yeah. maids are milking that's right but you, you get this idea that uh we're always making new year's resolutions uh, but the circumcision of the heart that we're supposed to have in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is is the truly ultimate resolution that we make, not just as individuals, but as a church. I think it's, it's just, I love the way it worked out this, this yeah. year like that. Really cool. My closing thought would be a thought of thanks, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, but to the staff of Northside, right? This, this has been you guys work every day in a church. So you understand that it's not all, you know, butterflies and and, (laughs) um, pretty flowers. It's still work. 
Um, but this year has been uh, very interesting and unique and not in a good way. Although we have had some good come of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, thanks to each of you and to all the people that you represent here in the building and elsewhere. Absolutely. Because uh, leading a congregation in this year is a big challenge. Um, and for anyone out there who hasn't been back in the building, come check it out, get, get back in. It's, you know, the congregation is the people, not the building, but we got people in the building. We got a place for you to congregate. That's so sweet. That's right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stu, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time to do this today. Nick, as always, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be part of this podcast. Do you have any final words for the people? I'm glad to be here. You know, looking forward to 2021. I want to see how we take the stuff we learned in 2020 and do some new things in 2021 or what we're able to uh, double down on. And let's not forget to do that. Let's let's yeah, move because forward. The temptation is I just want to flush 2020. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, no. and if you do, uh, I had a coach who used to say that the, the greatest lessons in life are the ones you learn through losing. You just have to be willing to listen. Yeah. He, he apparently liked the letter L. Um, <laughs> hey, the alliteration, nothing yeah, wrong with that. Absolutely. Sounds like a pastor to me. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, and 2020 was not a categorical loss by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely. But yeah. we have to individually and, and as a congregation and even as a society, we have to resist the temptation to just flush 2020. Right. Because there's a lot of value in it. Yeah. Um, and just, it would be it would be shame to waste yeah. that painfully learned lesson. Right. right? Who are we going to be on the other side? That's yeah. the question. So, Northside, thank you so much for joining us. Stu, thank you. Nick, thank you. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank Peace. you, James. Happy Peace. New Year.